Welcome back to Talking Jesus with your host, Eric Arena. And just a reminder, Jesus is the real deal, and he is the way, the truth, and the life. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Talking Jesus. I am your host, as always, Eric Arena. I just want to thank you all for continuing to return to the show, supporting the show, responding to the messages, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, everything. I just appreciate the interaction, and I'm truly seeing the growth of the show, and I'm just glad that you all are uh, getting something from it. You know, truthfully, all the feedback about the show that I've gotten so far has been very positive, overwhelmingly positive. I can't tell if it's just because I'm deaf to any real criticism or it's actually just that good. Either way, God is just that good. And that's really the only thing we're going to talk about here. So I'm just glad you came. I really hope and pray that people are getting something from it, from some of the feedback I have been getting. I can tell people are eating it up and they're, it's helping them with the real life application of Jesus in their life and his word and his wisdom in their life and that's really all I could ask for. That's all that I've cared about really was, okay, sometimes God can be and feel like this big thing that I'm trying to up, you know, go through this great upheaval in my life and change everything about it. And that can feel so cumbersome and so massive. But Jesus purposely talks in these very simplistic ways and forms that we might be able to do it in a practical and understand it in a practical way. And so that's all we're doing here on Talking to Jesus is taking this Massive change that is true that you will go through and need to go through. But we're we're doing it in bite-sized pieces, half-hour skits, and hopefully taking it into something that we can chew on, wrestle with for a little while, and apply into our day. Again, that's the biggest thing for me is practical application, day-to-day life. Who is Jesus and how can I bring him in? And funny enough, that's exactly what this episode will be about. And it's a part of the larger series that I've been doing here on Talking Jesus, which has kind of been this message of abandonment or this idea of abandonment, exploring the feeling, exploring the idea. The last two episodes, please go listen to them. They are about this feeling that God has abandoned us and kind of addressing that through his word and through the ideas and what he's done and what he's looking for out of our life. But now that we're stepping into this next phase today and tomorrow or the next episode, will be about, have we abandoned God? A lot of this whole idea is focused on this self-reflection, introspection, this idea of how do I participate in my relationship with God? What am I responsible for? Who am I that God has chosen me, chosen to talk to me, wants to be in my life? What, what does that mean? What does it mean to be made in God's image? Like We're going to explore all of these things. They're lofty, hard, hard to understand. But if we just apply God's word to it, it's not that complicated. So the scripture that we're going to go over today is Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. But first, again, I I just thank you all for coming. Thank you all for participating. Today, we're just going to, again, dig into that those literally four verses, five verses, and wrestle with them. 
try to apply it in our daily life, right? How, how have we abandoned God thus far is what we're going to talk about, right? In our daily life, how far back have we pushed him? Is there a, is there a bag of burner that is that far away from us that we've put on God, that we've put God on rather, right? How, how, how many times have we pushed back prayer for something so stupid like conversations about the world or social media or, you know, we get caught up in these little things and, and somehow God always gets shafted to the back. Why is that, right? Where's our level of commitment is the question that we're going to ask here today. And why is it not greater or has it been increasing, but does it have so much further to go? Or why have we not committed anything at, at all to God, but yet send him these lo- lofty prayers and feel like they don't get answered, right? Where, where's the reality behind all of this? And that's that's just how we're going to do it today. We're going to wrestle with it. We're going to love it. We're going to feel it. One, one thing about God is you truly feel it when he's there. And you truly feel it when he's not in a way. That, that, that distance when you've gotten to feel him before, when you've gotten to know him, that distance feels so much greater. And when you work with him and you've been building up a relationship, that closeness feels so much more intimate and comforting. And I want you all to feel that, right? That's something that I have, and that's something that the disciples had, and that's something that many of the prophets before have known. And so they go to these great lengths to explain that to you. And so I just want to be a part of that message, a part of this good news message that Jesus has died for your sins and has defeated death and has raised again. Right. This is what this is something to be excited about. It might not mean anything to you now, but trust me, it was the only thing that you needed. And in this Luke 10, 38 through 42, we're going to talk about that today. So but first, we'll continue to lift God up with worship and prayer. And then we'll get into that scripture. Thank you so much for coming back to Talking Jesus. I'm Eric Arena. I'm taking you on this journey. I'm glad you came. Thank you, Jesus. Faithful promises. Time and time again, you have proven you do just what you say. Though the storms may come and the Faithfulness to
Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for an opportunity to get to know your word and continue to share your word. You know, it's a blessing, Lord, that I'm safe. I'm safe in doing this. It's a blessing that the people who are listening here are safe to do it. Lord, this has not been afforded to all people. And so we just want to run with that opportunity. We ask that you would continue to show yourself to us in the day that if we did something that would separate us or put you on the back burner for whatever reason, Lord, we just ask that we would have a, an awakening and we would remember how powerful you are and how important you are to us and all of the things that you've committed to us that we might bring them into the forefront, that we would put you in first place in our life and have everything kind of cascade out from you. Like we were the temple and this water was flowing out from us, Lord. That's the prayer today, that you were who you always were and we would just live a life that was honorable to you and that hopefully could make you smile that this word that we share today would be a blessing unto you and unto your people and it would continue to stir up your kingdom in a way that again, spread love and we would be this light and that we would not hold your light under a bowl, but would expose it and would expose ourselves to the world in a way that you loved and that they might receive. Lord, that is our prayer for the day and for every day. And we just thank you for being who you are always in Jesus name. Amen. And brothers, brothers and sisters, isn't that worship so amazing? Isn't that so exciting that God is who he says he is and even though we aren't always who we say we are, right? We, we always want to identify as this great man or woman of Christ. And, you know, we've picked up our cross and we take that thing across the country everywhere we go, even the quiet places, right? We, we bear that cross. We'd like to think, but we don't always get there. A lot of times there's distractions in our life that will kind of put before him for some reason. We, we all, especially those who have given our lives to him publicly or in private, whatever it is, we all understand his, his magnitude and his power and his importance, but we don't always act that way. That's really the truth about it. And so for one reason or another, you know, sometimes we just get ahead of ourselves and other times we purposely do it and know we do it and regret it thereafter. Right. I'm guilty of that just as anybody else, just as anybody else. Again, I talked about this a little bit last week, but this show in so many ways is just a reflection of my shortcomings and the issues that I've had in my journey and my walk with Christ. In fact, this um, this message in the scripture I chose for today was actually a study that we did in the children's group at my church, Emmanuel, in Denver, North Carolina. We went over the same scripture and I had this conversation with anyone from like a three to an eight year old. And if you think that wasn't profound, you're out of your mind. But now I'm trying to have this with adults and it's a lot less mature for some reason. <laughs> but we'll talk about it. Not a big deal. Anyway, God is who he is. That is a blessing. So again, let's get into the scripture here today. It's Luke 10 verses 38 through 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do this work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. And that's it. That's really the whole story. This whole interaction is summarized in those four verses. But I think you'll see as we go through the rest of this, 
there's so much to pull out if we can just take a a, a a stroll, right? So, so many times we read the Bible and it's this laborious thing and we try to sprint through the book of Luke and we try to, or the gospel of Luke and we try to sprint through Acts and we try to sprint through Revelation. When will the end time be? I don't know. But sometimes when he's speaking in these very simplistic sower in the seed, right? I am the gate. What is he saying? What is he saying to Martha here? There's only five verses here, but how is this so profound? How can this change my life truly? The first thing that came on to me is that they got it right to a point, right? Martha and Mary got it right to a point where they had a home. They they recognized, I'm sure they heard much about Jesus and his disciples. They opened their home to him, right? That So far, that is the right thing. We in our life so many times will shut Jesus out and say, why didn't you come? Right. We will put him behind everything else that has to do in our life to the point where we won't even invite him. And a call to your church, a call to your prayers, a call call to your dinners and your life at home and family is to invite God in. Invite the Holy Spirit in. See how that changes. He is a gentleman and wants to be invited is something that my um, my mentor, Sal Galaz, always told me, he told me that the Holy Spirit was a gentleman and he wanted to be invited into your life. And, and truthfully, when I did that and all of my interactions and all of the Bible studies and all of the things, it started to open up and he started to come. He started to arrive and participate in. And I pray he participates in these conversations. So, again, verse 38, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. So it was her home, Martha's home, right? She opens it up to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what God said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So now we have these two people in the same home who, although they let God in, introduced him, invited him in, kind of now separated and went different ways about their reproach, right? And think about what Martha's doing. It's something that we all do is, okay, I've heard about Jesus. I've learned about Jesus. I've invited Jesus. I've asked him to be my Lord and my Savior. I've given my life to him in whatever way that you have. Yet, now we think that there's all these preparations that need to be done. And I need to, oh, I can't swear anymore. I need to stop sinning. I need to cut out all my friends. I need to change everything. Giant upheaval, massive change right now, or God won't love me, and I'm done. And we all go through that to some degree. And some of it is necessary. Don't get me wrong. Some things will need to change in our day-to-day life. But in this instance here, Mary's wising up and she's like, wait, God, even if she doesn't appreciate him as God is this great teacher of God at the time, is sitting here talking to me. He's, He's coming to my home. I better give him my ear, right? I better spend the time that I have with him. I better use it. She might be, I hope she's taking notes, right? Obviously, probably not. But in our own way, we need to be taking notes of the thing that God is saying to us and moving to apply it. But Martha, again, is distracted with all these things, with all these preparations that need to be made. Oh, I need to have dinner made. I need to, you know, make sure everything's cleaned up and swept so I can allow the Lord to enter into my home, right? But he's already there is the point and she's missing the point by doing all these preparations now, but Mary's getting it. Mary's just sitting at his feet listening, right? And 
verse 40, it struck me as a prayer. Listen to this. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that she had made. She came to him, being Jesus, and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? By myself? Tell her to help me. And this request here is almost like a prayer, right? Lord, I'm all alone at work. I am struggling with the family. I, I can't pay the bills. These people have left me. They've abandoned me. You know, my husband has walked out on me. My boss, he doesn't even care. He doesn't listen to my problems anymore. He doesn't care about me. I'm all alone here on this ship. Won't you tell them to come back? Right? So her petition to God or Jesus here is like a prayer that we all have. But listen to how Jesus responds, right? This is what we've continued to do is look at the the real life worldly question that we ask God and put some emphasis and some focus on his response and try to apply it here. So his response is verse 41, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. Okay, so there's a lot to break down in this. But how about this? How about this word chosen? How about this idea that we have a choice to make in our life? And Mary has chosen what is better. We can choose to fret on the worldly circumstances, the issues that we have in our world, our day-to-day relationships. We can choose to focus on these things that will, in fact, just weigh us down. Or we can just choose to allow God to come into our house and to listen, right? Truly, Mary has chosen what is better, is what Jesus says. He said, there's only really one thing needed, and this is to listen to me, to take my word seriously and not let it pass by me while I get caught up on taking the kids to soccer soccer practice, showing up to Bible study, making sure I send the text messages and pay all the bills, right? All of these things need to be tended to, right, as we are a steward of the things God has given us, but so much so that we let God's word pass us by. It can't be that, right? It's all, it's almost like this, um, this idea of the people in, in Jesus's time putting these sacrifices or offerings on the temple. Right. And he, Jesus essentially tells them that, you are valuing the sacrifice to God more than the altar that makes it holy. You're overlooking me in the situation, essentially. And we need to stop doing that in our life. We need to stop overlooking all of the things that God has done for us. And he's saying for us, for the worldly aspect of it, for the custom behind it, whatever it is. And that's that's specifically why I went right at Bible study or the things that we have to do for our church, right? We don't do those things to make God love us, right? That this is some kind of sacrifice that we're doing unto God, that there is some kind of law that we need to abide by and our acts and performance in them would be the thing that saved us, right? He's telling us again, in some way, we're putting the cart before the horse. We're not recognizing how God designed the thing and what he did in thing And so we're overlooking him. We're overlooking the blessing, maybe. The blessing that God is in our home can easily be looked looked at, overlooked by all the preparations we need to get our home in order. 
And so I'm, the encouragement here today is not to overlook that call and that concern, right? Imagine, what if Jesus did this to us, right? What if Jesus was like, oh, I got a million other prayers to tend to. I have a million other worlds to save. I'll get to you later. I'll answer that prayer later. We couldn't deal with that, right? And that's not who he is. And that's not what his word is. And for any of you who think like, okay, there's a million other people with more needs than me in this world. So God might get to me in order. His ability is so much greater and so much further beyond that. And he can answer all of the prayers right now at once if he chose to. Right. But again, if we look at this thing as a prayer that Martha's doing, right, this is her honest petition to God, like tell her to help me. Right. I'm doing the right thing here. Why, Why can't you help me? We all see the thing that we do in this life as the right thing, right? We're not, we're not very good at recognizing the plank in our own eye, but we're very quick to see splinter in our, in our neighbor's eye. And that's a challenge that God is asking us to do is look at our own issues and our own priorities here, right? This is a kind of a question of priority. Jesus didn't say, I need this house to be prepared so I can walk in. He was already there. He was already having a conversation. And and truthfully, Martha was missing it. The boat, she's missing the boat here. And brothers and sisters, that's too much for for you all to miss. It's too much for me to miss. How can we dig deeper into this idea of what God is doing for us? How in our daily life can we bring him first? I think a lot of it, truthfully, is conversation. I think so many times we read the Bible, we have these conversations at, with people at church. We, we're, we're happy to talk to our pastor about the thing that we did for God, right? It's almost like we're looking for that earthly reward. Look at me, I did good. Yet when it's time to do those things when the godly people aren't looking, we'll fall right back into the world and we'll fall back into this level of hypocrisy and then say, God, where were you? Well, you had the opportunity to, ha- to talk that same way to the worldly person and be a light and example to them. Right at work, when they're all having these nasty conversations about this and that. Why didn't you say, well, guys, look, I, I used to find that kind of stuff funny. I used to talk like that. But then I found out that there was a more important thing going on in my life and I could be saved eternally. And I could spend the rest of my life with God if I just stopped. So why don't you stop? How about that? Why don't you stop making comments that are inappropriate about women in this office? Why don't you just stop? Who who is getting glory from this? Right? You you your guys think she's you guys think she's so pretty that I'm willing to sell my soul for a joke about it? I don't think so. We're 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 so quick to fall back in when those when those godly people are not around. My pastor always says there's this glory hound in us. And I've seen it myself so much. I'm so glad he said it because this this is me, right? I was so fast to tell people about the things I did for God, the things I did for, you know, his his people and those in need. And I, and I realized I was selling myself out. I, I was reading that I wasn't supposed to let my right hand know what my left was doing or my left know what my right was doing. But I was kind of caught up in this idea of like God's kingdom needs to be spread. Now everyone needs to know. And I, and I was getting ahead of myself in that. 
And I, I you know, I'll, I'm in a way I'm happy I got there. I'm, a, I'm happy I got to a point where I was so excited to share about God and I needed to be humbled. But some of us don't even get there. Some of us are not excited to share those things with other people. And we're not this shining example of what it is to know and love God. And that, and that becomes a challenge. So how about this? How about the prayer thing? The prayer thing is also another big worldly problem is if, if I asked you as a Christian now, what's more important than prayer? If you would say nothing, right? There's nothing more important than prayer than my conversations with God. What could beat that? But yet it always falls behind. It's like, oh, I forgot to pray this morning. I had to get up and make the kids food. Oh, I forgot to do it on my way to work. I forgot to do it here and there. I, ne- I never did it, right? You look back now 10 days in a row, I haven't prayed to God. But I, I could ask you, I could look you right in the face and you would tell me it was the most important thing. And so uh, my only way to actually look at this is, is, do you believe this? Do you actually believe it? And trust me, it's a question I can ask myself, too. I can be much better. But on talking to Jesus, let's just talk about the things that he says are important, right? This constant prayer life, this quiet place that we enter with him, that we might know, going back to the scripture here today, but few things are needed, indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, this active choice, this active participation with God, and that will not be taken away from her, right? The the bills and the worldly things that you have, the shiny jewelry that you work so hard for and the nice clothes, those things will all decay and fall away and you will not keep them. You will not take them into the next life, right? The Egyptians buried themselves with the scepters and with their dog's bone and everything, thinking that they might be with them in the afterlife, but they will not. In fact, they're still right there in the tomb that they were buried in. So we have to start to to stop cutting God so short, stop abandoning God and and stay up front with him, listening at his feet. Right. This and and everything that happens at Jesus's feet. There's so much important here because and think about it. These people got to touch his feet. All right. I know how crazy that sounds, but what could be more important is recognizing your status as beneath him and in need of his word and and in need of his authority in our life to live better and closer to him. Mary, Mary has chosen what is better and that will not be taken away from her. In other words, these things that God puts on your life, these things that God anoints in your life, he will not take away, right? If this is the choice that you've made, if this is the way that you choose to go, this is what he wanted to do. So he's not going to just revoke a blessing. He wants it to stay on you and he wants you to continue. He wants to make your light shine even brighter, right? If you show that I'm going to do something with the light that God has given me, he's going to make it brighter. That's a promise. Look at how some people get to know Jesus and so quickly they're off and running. So quickly they're telling people about the good news is because this blessing is just expounding in their life. It's multiplying so quickly. And so the encouragement today is talk about it. Get to know God and be close to him. Don't abandon him. Don't put him on the back burner for something that's going to burn away. Yeah, try that. Martha knew that God was so important to let him in, but got distracted by the worldly things in front of her that she forgot 
the power that he would have behind her if he was kind of the wind beneath her wings, if you will. And that's what God wants to be. That's a promise. That's a cold-blooded promise I'm giving you. He wants to be the, the thing that lifts you up higher. So just allow him. Uh, thank you for coming. We kind of got ourselves a little caught up in time here, but God is surely good and will continue to spread this message. I thank you for listening. I thank you for coming back to Talking Jesus. I'm your host, as always, Eric Arena. As surely as the Lord lives, we'll continue to do this. In Jesus' name, amen.